Spirit, one God, amen. In Psalm 107, there is one verse repeated five times. We will give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Five times the verse was repeated in one psalm. Then the psalm itself was nearly five paragraphs. Each paragraph is showing a certain distress in the life of the Israelites, but in the end, give thanks. Why? Because he has a way, he has escaped from death, as David says in Psalm 68 and verse 20. Let me start with one verse from Psalm 107, verse 10. It says, Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains, for they had rebelled against the words of God. This is the problem of this woman in her early life. She was rebelling against the word of God. She was living a sinful life. And despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to better labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. And I told you, five problems and at the end of each one, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he has escaped from death. And today the whole story is telling us, if you are coming this morning with this distress, that you were rebelling all your life against the word of God, or you were making your own personal gospel, you choose certain parts of the scriptures and you put aside the other parts. And now you are reaping what you have sown in the past. He's telling me there is a hope because we are here to give thanks to the Lord who has always escaped from death. The first part of the story today, the woman was living in the shame of the past. From the very beginning, the verse was telling us when a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. If you are coming with this shame of your past, whatever the length of this past, a week, a day, a year, even my own life, is telling me you are coming today before the Lord. And you are coming with the most precious thing you have. It's not only just a jar of uh, perfume. I'm coming with my life. I'm coming with my mind and my heart, and I'm looking for a new start. When we come before the Lord, we are not coming to condemn ourselves, rather than to receive justification from him on our sins, to have a newness of life, to have a hope. That's why St. Paul was telling us in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, Christ in you is the hope of glory. So he's telling me, point out the shame of your past, that you cannot get rid of it. And I'm coming today to give, me my, to give you my life, to exchange your shame with the glory of the Son of God. If you remember that the Lord was praying in the last prayer in John chapter 17 and verse 22, what is, your, what is in your heart just a few hours before the cross? One thing, that the glory that you have given me, I will give them. So he's telling us, come with your shame and I will make the exchange with you. I will give you my glory and I will take your shame forever. 
then he is telling you, you have to offer something, even if it looks too small. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. He's telling you, don't be ashamed of people around you. Yes, she was well known to the whole city that she was a sinner. She was well known that she is rejected by her people, but the Lord did not reject her. If I'm coming with still, I have in my mind I'm rejected because I have a bad past, or I'm still living in this sinful life. He's telling me it's time to stop it. It's your decision. It's my joy to exchange life, to take your shame, to take your smallest offering, whatever it is, and to see it as something too precious for me. Why? Because you are giving from your heart. So when he was telling that the gift that we are offering is too small, it's like dust, but he is appreciating every small thing that we are offering him. And don't forget that the devil will come and ridicule what you are offering. What is this? Why are you offering such things? If you remember in Nehemiah chapter 4, after Nehemiah started to build the walls of Jerusalem, the enemy came through the three people who were opposing the work of God. And he told Nehemiah, if a small dog will climb this wall, it will be knocked down. What are you doing? If you are offering something this morning to the Lord and you feel that the devil is telling you it's nothing or it's a mistake, why are you offering this to him? The Lord is telling us, whatever dust we bring before him, you see it as something very precious. But please bring it with all your heart. Some of the sacrifices that we are offering to the Lord, it seems so precious in our eyes. How much more they are precious in his eyes. So please don't give your, the devil a room in your mind or in your heart to tell you that what you are offering is nothing. Then was the grace of the Lord. Remember, come with your sinful past, with your shameful past, and make sure that he is going to give you the gift of his grace, the glory that he came to brought us touch a glory. He tells us in verse 48 to 50, then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Maybe I'm lacking this this morning. I'm coming, I'm offering my fragrance jar of alabaster, but I don't have faith that he's accepting it. Why? Because there are many people better than me. She felt that she is the center of the town and everyone is condemning her. But he's telling you and me, it's not about who is around you. It's about me and you in person. Don't look about people around you. Many will say what you are doing is wrong. Why are you coming before the master and doing such things in front of everybody and you are a sinner? He is not looking to the eyes of others. He is looking to you in person. That's why in the end, the Lord didn't care about their comments. Who is this man? He was telling her clearly, your face has saved you. Go in peace. That's why St. Augustine is telling us, wherefore the mercy of God 
is necessary not only when a man repents, but even to lead him to repent. You are not here in the church by chance this morning, or when you open your Bible, or you listen to a sermon, or even someone sending you a verse, it is not just by chance you got it. He's telling you God is initiating this call of repentance in all of us. Then his mercy and his grace initiating and helping us to perform the call that he was giving to us. Remember that the two were in the temple, the two were in the church, the publican and the Pharisee. And the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 18, but the tax collector stood at the dist at distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. Yes, if you know that you are a sinner, he is going to justify you. The Lord said in Luke chapter 5, verse 31, that he did not come to call righteous people, but he came to call sinners. He is yours if you confess and you admit that you are a sinner, but he will never leave you go home without being justified. I tell you the truth, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. That was the great news in Isaiah. Isaiah was seeing afar, 740 years before Christ, seeing the time of restoration, seeing the time of salvation. He was telling us the title of this sermon. He was telling us in uh, Isaiah 61, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who give or grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He's telling you, if you are coming with your crown of ashes, you will never go home with it. You have to go home with the crown of beauty that the Lord himself designed it and nourished it with the blood of himself. That's why our communion in the end, it is not just a habit of a Sunday. It's a reality of receiving something new every time, even if you are going to attend the liturgy every day. That's why you'll find the Psalm 107. We start with verse 7 to 8. And now he was telling us the ending of one of the stresses that Israel was going through it. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He's telling you, in the next few minutes, we have many times, you are going to say, Lord, have mercy. Cry it out from your heart. And he is going to save me and you from our distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. He started that we have this darkness and glooming chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Yes, this is the song of the church. Please, when you go home, open your Bible and sing and pray Psalm 107 and find how many times, these five times when he's giving thanks to the Lord for his mercies endures forever for me and for you. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen.